Howdy! Here is Bonnie, your podcast host. Before we dive into this episode, I want to introduce you to my heartfelt and transformative novel, It Was Hair. Dive into the captivating story of Harrison Selleck, a 41-year-old divorced man navigating the complexities of love, loss and self-discovery. In this beautifully crafted tale, Harrison's journey of rebuilding his life after a devastating divorce unfolds with raw emotion and unexpected twists. Join him as he grapples with his past, embraces the present and embarks on a path to rediscover true love. But that's not all. Immerse yourself further in the world of it was here with our exclusive merchandise. We have a range of stunning postcards, posters and stickers inspired by the novel, allowing you to carry a piece of this extraordinary story wherever you go. Side note here, there is an offer box available and there you get everything. There you get a signed hardback copy and all of the merch. So yeah, listeners, get ready to be captivated by Iwasir and its compelling exploration of love, forgiveness and the beauty of second chances. Don't miss out on this remarkable journey that will leave you feeling inspired and touched. To get your hands on the book or the author books and of course our fabulous merchandise, visit the website at thecrylaunch.com or it's also linked in the bio. Discover a story that will stay with you long after you've turned the final page. I promise. Get your copy of It Was Here today. excited to finally present to you this conversation I had with Olivia Dutoma. We talked about, we've met the very first time, February 2022. Get this, this conversation you're going to listen is one, almost one and a half years old. <laughs> um, it took me so long and I apologize and I want to thank Olivia for her patience so much. So, we talked twice. We first talked in February 2022 and then we talked again February 2023. And the conversation you're about to hear is from 2022. We, it, I, we recorded this as a part of the music feature of my podcast called Or Pretty New Music where I interview artists about the new singles. And back then Olivia released Push, which oh, I love the song. <laughs> I really do. I love it so much. 
um not as much as thrifter it's like you know it's like the second favorite sister of thrifter <laughs> to thrifter well you know i love push it's good you should listen to both you should listen to thrifter and push we also talk about thrifter a bit in here but mostly about push and so the reason why it took me so long to upload this episode is basically we talked so much and so long and I freaking loved every minute of it. I did not want to cut anything out of there. And so back then, this music feature was still a blog and I knew I would have to shift to podcasts. So basically, this is why it took me so long to, um, to upload this episode. But I am grateful we're all here now and... I'm grateful you're listening now to this and I hope you have a wonderful time with Olivia and me talking about push and we go in depth we go in depth also in this episode about her musical journey and I really love this episode because if you're new to Olivia Dutoma you have no idea who she is this episode is gonna give you the right impression it's giving you the right details Ah, I just love talking to her and I loved meeting her and it was it was like really interesting because I really loved her music I really loved Drifter she has just released one single back then when I interviewed her and Push was about to come out and she's so talented and I see a great feature for her and yeah so that's why I am really proud of this conversation and I hope you have fun I know I said this the first time <laughs> I hope you have fun um, listening to this and yeah. Oh, as always, the theme song is by E.B. Salas. Have fun. Okay, so we're going to start with the Bonnie's Legends, Jack. I'm gonna, I'm, these are five questions I'm asking everybody. So what's your name? Olivia Ditoma. That's my name. Nice. So you pronounce it Ditoma? Yeah, Ditoma. Okay, good. <laughs> I was like a, thinking about a French you know pronunciation because I think maybe because I'm like living at like so close to the border so I'm like Dutoma. <laughs> yeah yeah hey that works <laughs> it's Italian so you know any of the romance languages it'll it'll yeah. fit the vibe <laughs> <laughs> okay when's your birthday my birthday is April 5th who's your legend my legend mm-hmm. tough one Oh man, absolute legend status. I feel like, oh my gosh, I feel like I always have one and then someone asks, I'm like, oh, I don't know. Um, let me think. Oh, um, I feel like it should be obvious to me, but it's I'm coming up with like all of these different names. <laughs> I'm gonna go with You know, okay, I'm going to choose this one because it's top of mind. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say full legend status goes to Oh, okay, let me th- okay, okay, cuz I'm like, "Bam, solo acts." Like my heart wants to say Stevie Nicks. The mm-hmm. other part of me wanted to say Sade. Um the other part of me wants to say, you know, the Beyonce, of course. 
Um, even though she's so not my genre, she is like the legend. I'm trying to think like more recently, like who do I think has achieved already like legend status? Doja Cat. But when it comes to me personally, yeah, I'm going to say my legend status award. I'm going to give it to Justin Vernon. Yeah, Justin Vernon of Bonnie Bear. And I just like the way that he is able to he really has his like his sound and he really has his, you know, whole world built. Mm-hmm. And anytime anything that he touches, <laughs> um, I think it gets, you know, swooped up into that world. And I just I think it's nice the way that he is such a collaborator as well. Oh, sorry. I'm going to give you a second one. OK, okay. totally different genre, because I finally remembered who, who it is. Robin with a Y. Yes. <sighs> yeah, yes. she's awesome. And I respect her a lot for her longevity, of course, mm-hmm. um, and for her, her world, you know, because she's always kind of stayed true to, you know, her sound with yeah. the experimentation, of course. Um, anybody who's a songwriter as well, like those sneaky songwriters, people who are, you know, behind the scenes um, for other artists. Um, and I know that there's one that I've been thinking about a lot, but that one doesn't come to mind. So I'll leave you with those two. What's an album you can't get enough at the moment? Mm, at the moment. Oh, at the moment, um, Maggie Rogers, uh, I think it's called From the Vault. Um, It's the one she put out recently, but like maybe a couple years ago now. Um, And it's all of these really acoustic led, um, like singer songwriter vibe tunes that she has and slash had um, that she released, of course, after her debut. Um, And I've been listening to that on repeat, honestly, like start to finish, no shuffle. Um, Me too. I think the only reason I didn't say she's a legend is because she's newer comparatively. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And not like I think that should matter. However, <laughs> I'm trying to go bigger with the other question. But she, I feel like to me, I she, I really, 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 really look up to her specifically because of the way that she can go pop, but she still isn't like totally fully you know like mm-hmm. yeah pop she still has those singer songwriter roots and everything that she does yeah. and that album like just kind of proves it mm-hmm. um not like I think I needed any proof but um it's I love to see an artist like strip it down and just like show us what they've got yeah um and show us what they may have been working with before that other album came out because it's just so informative yeah uh and her songwriting is just so gorgeous and her lyricism is very very colorful um And her voice is, is, you know, it's so unique. You know, you don't really hear anybody else that sounds like her. So I would say that one. It's a good one. We're going to start now with the questions about your singer, Push. Okay. So the first question would be introduce yourself, where you're coming from, what's your journey? Yeah. Um, My name is Olivia Dutoma. Uh, I am based in LA, but I'm from Massachusetts. I moved here in July of 2019, it's very easy for me to remember. It was July 1st that I landed in California in my car. I drove here cross country with my dad. Um, really, we did like six days, um, which was really fun. We took the Northern route. So we went up through um, like Ohio. We stopped to see my grandparents and then through um, all those other states, uh, Na- uh, not Nashville, um, what was the end? a couple of really boring ones and then you get to like Colorado and Utah not Utah but you know the mountains and then you come down so that's how I got here so that was majestic um and I've been here since then luckily 
uh, when the pandemic hit, I was not ousted from my current situation. I was lucky to have found a job that was going to save my ass pandemic or no pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, and sh- like I started it in February. So I had like a couple weeks of work before they sent us home, but we, I got to keep my job. Um, thank God. So <laughs> I'm still here. Um, I did get to spend some time at home over the past two winter- winters, um, uh, longer than I would have anticipated last year because of what was going on in this year just for the holidays. Um, but yeah, so I feel, I feel <laughs> particularly um, charmed to still be here because I moved here anticipating that it was going to be hard, not a lot of money, um, in fact, like not much money at all to speak of. Um, and it was kind of getting to a point where I was like really hitting rock bottom right before I kind of got my situation changed a little bit. Um, and it was scary, you know, I didn't want to have to leave just because, yeah. you know, I didn't want to have to leave, you know, I hadn't even been here that long, you know, yeah. I was like, I came here for music. I haven't even done that yet. So it was basically survival mode for like yeah. a year. Um, I would say honestly, like a year and a half and i had had material and I'd been writing, but I hadn't put anything out. Um, I wasn't ready. You know, I was mired in honestly, a lot of uh, mental health issues at the time. So when Drifter came out in July, that was kind of like the, that was kind of like the breaking point of, or not the breaking point, but the, the shift. Yeah. Um, the shift. Because I'd been waiting for this moment for so long. Um, and it's strange. I, I expected to be, I expected to have so much of that, like inner child, inner teenager, like ex- excitement and like butterflies and like, Oh my God, like blah, 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 like stars in my eyes. But I think, since it was the first one, I had a lot of, you know, expectations for myself. I was nervous, you know, it was kind of like, okay, once I do this, I'm really in it, you know, and it was like realizing and having to come to terms with the fact that I had to really commit. Um, and also learning more things about the business, learning more things about the industry, learning more things about this environment. You know, when you're older, you just get a little more like, you know, it's harder to see just the starry eyes and not get mired down by the other stuff. So I think it was so much of a blur leading up to that. And like that first year and a half being in LA was a blur for me. Um, But I think that it was an educational blur (laughs) because through the blur, I I, I came out of that. And when I kind of like my eyes opened up, I was like, oh, I actually have something here. And I felt like I had songs that were even, even in pieces or that were finished that I was like, okay, like some of those little twinkles were coming back because I had shaken off some of that like first layer of like, okay, we have to, you know, jump into the business side and like the industry side. And once I was just in it and doing it and my feet were wet, I was like, okay, like, let's roll. Like, let's, let's do this. Um, Cause from the beginning, you know, I, of my life, I guess I've always wanted to be a musician. I've always wanted to be, when I was little, I would say, oh, I want to be a pop star. Yeah. I don't necessarily want to be a pop star I, like Maggie Rogers you know I, she's that's like my she's my blueprint you know yeah um, she can play big tours people don't necessarily chase her down the street with cameras I don't think not yeah. yet um and I always say that's me sitting here saying that now obviously if the universe wants to be insane and like throw that at me I'll figure it out you know but I'm not in it for that yeah um, I never have been I've always wanted to just be able to make music and be able to yeah. play on stages and be able to work with people. Um, because growing up, I, I didn't have 
musical collaboration at all. Um, I wasn't in an environment where music was something that people really took seriously. It just wasn't. Um, so like other kids would, you know, play instruments or whatever, but it wasn't like I was starting a band. It wasn't until actually my senior year of high school that, or maybe junior, there was a band that got formed by some guys in my grade who I sort of was friends with. We had some classes together. Um, but it wasn't until then that they were like, oh, wait, maybe we should ask Olivia if she wants to sing some songs with us. Cause like, she's good and we're, we're pretty good. Whatever. So my senior year, we ended up doing a set together and that was kind of the first time that I'd experienced that. And I was like, all right, this is like crack. This is it. I'm doing this forever. No questions about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I've always kind of described myself as a, <laughs> as a film student turned indie artist. Um, I've always been a singer songwriter. I've always been a singer. I've always been a musician, but I have not always been an indie artist. Um, I yeah. went school for film so um a lot of my work surrounds itself around cinematic moments um one the way I would explain it is like the way my brain works is oftentimes I'll get an image or a feeling or um you know a little line of a lyric something poetic whatever yeah and then I I kind of see like a like a flash of stuff and then I kind of go from there to see what do I want to pick from what's my imagery whatever um whether it be very calculated or not but since I have such a film background and since I thought I wanted to be a director my whole life um which I would like to dabble in you know I'm a mixed bag but I really thought like okay because everyone was saying music no no music I was like well fine I will go to liberal arts school I'll get a film degree and I'll minor in theater and I'll hack this myself um I'm very I'm like that I don't like being told what to do yeah I like doing things my own way um so that's why I say that I'm a film student turned films her kid turned into the artist yeah yes nice just a question have you like graduated university or did you like drop off to make music I have um so I that would have been cool um (laughs) I finished, I graduated college, this will age me a little bit. I graduated in 2017. Um, so that was my graduation year. Um, yeah. So I'm finished. I never really wanted to go back to grad school because I, once I realized I wanted to focus on music, I, yeah. there was really no purpose. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I think anything, A, I don't have grad school money and B, anything that I wanted to learn. Once I moved here and I, I realized, I was like, oh, like I can learn by doing and I have lots of people around me now who can help me. Yeah, um, yeah. Love this. Love your journey. <laughs> it's wild when you say it, when I have, when I say it out loud, like it's funny, you know, cause people, especially in the first year and now I'm in my, I'm almost at year three. Um, yeah. But when I first got here and people like found out, you know, the story, I guess, of how I got here, no job, no money, basically cross country road trip. They're like, wow, like that's nuts. Like you did the crazy thing, you know? Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, oh Yeah. <laughs> shoot, I guess I did. Yeah, yeah, I did. Oh my God. Weird. (laughs) Yes. I will say I'm not going to blame it on COVID, but I am going to blame it on COVID. You know, being cut off from the scene out here, especially when I first got here, it was like, I had no sense of where I stood even. Yeah. And that negative self-talk was so easy to just slip on in there because all you see is social media, the internet, the Grammys, whatever. Um, and those people, you know, they're just at a different level and like, yeah, you know, it really, it's easy to get down on yourself, but it wasn't until things started to get better. And I remember the first thing I got to do, um, there's this really cool venue out here in LA called Zebulon. If you ever come here, you definitely got to go hang out there one night. Um, they have lots of indie shows, um, a cool patio, but, um, there's this artist playing that my friend had asked me to go see she was doing her, um, 
album release show. Her name's also Olivia, actually, um, which was lovely. But when I got there, I found out that the opener for her was this artist called Madeline Kenny, who I love. Um, she's pretty new. She's really indie. Um, and I'd never seen her live before. I had no idea what her live set was. I, you know, her music is very full bodied. So, you know, you never know really what somebody's got going on, whether it's Tenby's band or whether it's all on a computer. Yeah. Um, and when she got up to play, it was just her and her guitar and she had a pedal board and she had a keyboard and I'm trying to graduate to pedal board and I'm teaching myself keys slowly, <laughs> but she was saying, you know, oh, it's my first show back guys right off the bat. She was honest about it. She messed up a couple of times. She even started over, you know, she even yeah. started a song over and everyone was like, fuck yeah. Like no one cared. Obviously. Yes. And like, yes. she, you know, was obviously nervous and she admitted it and everyone was like don't worry you know you're good but in that moment you know it was like shoot like even these people I really look up to and who I think in my head are flawless perfect you know specimens of performance they're literally just like me um we're all having the same thoughts and like I was looking at her still so inspired and so you know like in awe of what she was doing like you know, I didn't define her by those two flubs that yeah. she made or whatever, you know, it was about the way that she said, you know what, screw that. I'm just going to do it again. Cause like, yeah. yeah, who yeah. cares, you know? Yeah. It was important yeah. for me to see that. So it's felt much better yeah. um, since then. And I realized that part of why it was so hard to get out of my own head was just simply because I was stuck in these four walls and it wasn't all my fault. Yeah. But I think, I think a lot of people experienced that during the pandemic. I was like, I know it was just it was just you know you were stuck with yourself and I mean I was stuck with my parents but like still yeah. you were like laying in your bed like in your bed in the bedroom alone and you were like how interesting I'm on my own maybe I should yeah. talk with myself what right <laughs> totally I yeah <laughs> um what is the title of your upcoming single and when does it come out it's called push and it comes out on 228 2022 yeah so the day this drops <laughs> oh perfect. yes excellent yeah. describe push in three words three words yeah. energetic playful defiant nice nice does the title have a special meaning um I like where does the title come from it came from the song. <laughs> I think uh, uh, song titles are something that I hate dealing mm-hmm. with. Um, because the easiest way for me to do it when I'm writing is I just need a code word. And it's always like something just like arbitrary from the song that's like a repeated word or something so I can remember. Yeah. But then I get so stuck on that that I can't think of anything that doesn't make me cringe afterwards. Yeah. So in all honesty, no. Um, it definitely has meaning, you know, and I can give it meaning. Yeah. Um, but it, it, you know, it just, I wanted a one word. I, once I figured out that the other ones I was brainstorming were just like too much. I was like, okay, the one word straight to the point gives off the right vibe. Um, easy to remember. Uh, will remind people of lyrics once they hear it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So like, no, but like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. not totally. No. <laughs> Um, yeah, these project titles are always like, I don't know, once you, you, you call your project something, even if it's just your project title, you're going to stuck with it. It's the same with books. It's like you start writing it and give it a project title just to save it. And then one year later, you're releasing it and you're like, 
huh i never really thought about the title but now is it already too late oh okay yeah. <laughs> just let's just go a bit right <laughs> makes sense what inspired the track what is the song is what is the song about um so the song is about um it's specific it's specifically about an awareness um that awareness that you get when, <laughs> when you're out and um like at a party or a bar and you're you're trying you're having a good time you know you're having a good day good brain day as I call it um and you kind of get the vibe that everyone around you is kind of like talking about you still um specifically I was thinking about and this isn't necessarily from direct experience more so a culmination of a lot of different vibes into one story kind of um you know the easiest way to describe it is you're out with one specific person who maybe your romantic interest maybe a friend you know either way somebody who may know about your um struggles you know the things you've gone through the things that are hard for you um for me i struggle with anxiety um, and so it was inspired by that in part as well. Um, but that person who knows about it and still you can tell they have that vibe about them. That's like, wow, like, oh, look, she's doing really good. Or like, oh, I don't know. Mm -hmm. She's not doing so good. Or like, you know, just trying to take cues from you when they really have no agency or right to do that. Yeah. Um, and speaking for you. Mm. Um, you know, it's about that energy when you're in the room and you just feel like everybody knows yeah. you know, whatever it is they know or that they may know they know it. Um, and you're just sick of it. And you're like, you know what? Like, I don't need this. Uh, it's really about the choice to walk away and about yeah. the choice to go out and take the night on by yourself and just be like, you know what? Like, I hate when you push me around like this. Yeah. I don't like feeling like this, whether it is very direct or whether it's, um, you know, passive aggressive or what, um, it's, it's, it's just about taking that stand for yourself and not even having to say anything about it. Just like walking out, you know, Irish exit, um, just, you know, not being afraid to be like, you know what, like I'm done for the night. Yeah. Like I had my fun, um, and not letting it get you down. Yeah. What did the process of making a song look like and how long did it take? Um, so I, this one was different for me, actually. Um, normally, like I think I mentioned before, I usually get like either an image or like a one-liner or a two-liner or a rhythm. So like a syncopation of like, and then I'll kind of take that and run with it. It's, it's usually always at least one phrase um, that gives me the, you know, the flavor of what I'm doing, um, gives me maybe the theme. Um, I, I, I like to think of my songs, this is going to sound really, really corny but I, I do like to think of my songs like poems in that yeah. sense of like you know I don't always know where it's gonna go um sometimes I do you know but a lot of the time the ones that come naturally that's always how it happens it's always like oh okay like um I don't know like what was the one I it doesn't matter I was thinking of one the other day where I was like oh this is gonna help me explain to Bonnie like what goes down um I'll, I'll like write it down and then my notes app is a nightmare um my voice memos map app is also a nightmare yeah But this one was different. This one, I was challenging myself to um, practice more guitar riffs and to start a song based off of a riff. Wow. So I was messing around. I found a riff. Um, it's that one you hear in the promo. Da, 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 da. Um, so I was like, okay, that's cool. And then when I, when I had that, I, I just put it on a loop. You know, I just put it on a quick loop for myself because I was like, I'm, I'm hearing something here. 
and I just need to listen to it and figure out what it is. So once I did that, um, the first verse had popped out like in five seconds. Um, that dun, 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 like the melody came, the, the rhythm came. And I think it was, it was keep time inside my body, move beneath the skin. That was the one line that I got for this song. Um, and I was like, interesting. We're at a party. Okay. And then that verse, all of us, it just became about like being on the dance floor by yourself, you know? Um, and then from there, the story kind of unfolded. Um, and I kind of figured out the theme, you know, second verse, I was like, all right, we're taking a more of a like detailed look at the situation at this party at this bar. Whereas the first part was a little more arbitrary. It was in our head. It's kind of like before we realize maybe fully what's going on. And then I realized from that moment, because the last song I traveled around kind of to get it recorded. Um, I went up to Sacramento and I met up with my friend from college who's a drummer and his roommate is a bassist. And I came back down and I had my other friend put guitar on it and I did the acoustic, but it was like this wonderful hodgepodge of all these different musicians took more time. And I was in the studio, so it took more money. And so I said, well, let's challenge myself to be brave and do the recording all myself this time. Let me try and self-produce and just see how it goes. Cause at the worst, you know, I'll just show up to the studio and we'll do yeah. it again, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, I had just bought my new mic. I got a mic. I had, um, it was mostly the mic thing. I wasn't really happy with the one I was recording with before. Um, and I said, let's, let's break out the old Aria, my electric and, and challenge myself to use her as well. Um, so from then it took me, uh, I'm just going to like ballpark like several months. Um, because while the lyrics were written, I changed them around a little bit. And uh, honestly, I will say it didn't take me as long to record as I thought it was going to. What takes the time is how much I procrastinate between, <laughs> between like does. sessions. Everybody. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so that, that was fun because I, I didn't have to wait to like go to the studio. And yeah. for me, the studio, like I love it, but it also I have to understand I have to use it differently. Yeah. I think when I go in there with a plan. I actually don't do as well as I hope because I have such high expectations for how I will perform my ideas, whatever. Whereas yeah. I think I need to use studio time more like um, other people do, which is they just go in and say, okay, this is my day to just like make something and get some ideas. Or like I have this teeny little snippet, like let's see where that goes. Yeah. Um, so it was really cool because I was able to just like hunker down here on this couch. I could sit down and just go, you know? And if I wanted to work till 4 a.m., then I could yeah. do that. And yeah. if I wanted to skip two days, you know, and then do it again, like I could do that. But mm -hmm. when I was in the zone, I was in the zone. Um, and it was fun to do all of the different guitar parts. Um, I did some keys, um, which I had not done for myself before. Um, and I did use like a, like a drum split track. Um, cause I, I didn't, I didn't have a drummer off on hand. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah. So I used a drummer track and then, um, I recorded some sounds from outside, which was fun. Um, that's something I like to put into my music. I heard some really good advice once from a producer who said that um, some of the best songs that they'd ever heard or, or worked on um, included this like textural sounds from the mm -hmm. diegetic world, whether it be street or whatever, because yeah. it just gives it, even if you can't necessarily hear it underneath everything, it still kind of gives it flavor yeah. and it gives it um, an environment is kind of what they talked about. So yeah. That and that's that's the film brain coming yeah. in yeah um so I had some fun playing with the sounds and I say all in all yeah I think I'm trying to pinpoint like when I wrote that riff and I would have to go back to my voice memos but I think it was what's it now February 
Yeah. The song was done, like the master was done by Christmas, which means that I was done with the song. So let's just say if the master was done by Christmas, it probably took, I think it took August, September, October, November. Oh my gosh, I guess only four months. Because I remember writing it and finishing it like right after Drifter came out. And yes. it's funny because I, I had recorded another one to start working on for the next drop. And then I wrote, I finished this one and I was like, oh, I guess, no, nope, this one's next. This one's yeah. next. Yeah. Like, so that, okay, yeah, that's the timeline. So about four months, yeah. I actually wanted to tell you something. I heard, like, I'm watching these producing videos, like, producers sit down in the studio and they break down a song. And mm -hmm. Phineas sat down once and he always does that with Billy's like, songs. He always Maybe does it was that. him that I learned it from. Yeah, it was, Might like, be. going viral on TikTok as well. Like mm -hmm. where he was like spending was this this one little sound where people were like just wondering how he did that and he was just like it's this it's it's this traffic light switching mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and everybody was like what <laughs> like what so simple? so simple what <laughs> yeah um yeah that went wild so maybe you have watched that I don't know I think I had I it must yeah. have been him because yeah. I think it was a TikTok that I saw. Yeah. Um, when I was starting to get into like producer TikTok and like music biz TikTok. Yeah. Um, I, I think it was him. I have a terrible memory, but it, it had to have been him, especially if you also hear that he was yeah. doing the same thing. Yeah, I, yeah. It was probably him. Okay. Yeah. It's cool. Cause it gets you out in the world. You know, it gets me outside of these four walls. Yeah. And I think little... it's also, I'm not, I'm not, I don't know. I'm not knowing how the brain works, but maybe it's also even for the, all these affects, are on the on this sound line soundtrack sound line mm -hmm. yeah yeah <laughs> the sample um you still your unconsciousness is like figuring out what it is and it's familiar to you so you're like yes I like this the song is familiar to me because I don't know there's this traffic light <laughs> right yeah, yeah totally yeah what is your favorite lyric line from it oh let me look at them really quickly that'll be faster than me trying to guess <laughs> fun fact about me as a musician I never know the words to my own songs this one I do but any of the other ones I've written I have to practice even my own lyrics so much um I had a come to Jesus moment with my lyric writing where like when I was starting out I really wanted to make it really metaphorical and like hard to grasp and very like it was my high school me as well because okay. I didn't want to be vulnerable I didn't want people to know what I was truly thinking I was always yeah. like they'll read into it however they want to read into it it's right it's like you know it's like when someone reads a poem whatever now I'm much more comfortable being like no I'm saying this um yeah, yeah. because it was also harder to remember my lyrics when none of them ultimately made any like narrative sense you know so I've improved there um so I would say my favorite lyric in this one is Oh, um, I had a favorite last week. So it's funny that you asked me that because I was listening to the master and I was like, God, I love that line. And now I'm like totally changing my mind about it. I would say my favorite one. It's hard. For, let me think. It always happens when I'm singing it. I'm like, oh, that's my favorite line. It's definitely um, it's definitely the bridge part. The like mm -hmm. I held my breath because I wanted to. I feel like death. I never want to do. I think. Yeah, I was particularly proud of. Um, keep time inside my body, move beneath the skin, latest at the party, ride the BPM as well. Um, that was my favorite last week when I was listening to it. That's like my usual favorite. Yeah. But when it comes to just words, but when I put, if you're asking about like the lyric and the mm. way it feels to sing it, then 
the bridge part the bridge part yeah but I think the bridge is always something special mm. it's always something it's it's the heart of the song almost yeah because totally. I think a good bridge can make you listen to that like to that song over and over just to listen to that bridge that's how I I really hope that that's how people respond to this and I okay. think <laughs> I feel like that's the vibe. Yeah. I, I, it is, you know, I am going to stick with that. That is my favorite part of the song. Nice. Is that bridge. Cause it's like what you said, it is the heart of it. Yeah. It's kind of like the thesis statement. It's kind of like, you know, yeah, it's also like what's clever. actually going on. Yeah. And it's also clever. I don't know. The bridge is, I think it's just clever because, you know, when I'm thinking about Let It Happen by Tame Impala, this, this guitar riff, this bridge. Is at the end of the song, but you always listen to the song because you want to get to that guitar guitar room. It's like right. they're clever. They're just putting a seven-minute song and putting the best part of it at the end of it. <laughs> very, very clever. It's been interesting to find the intersection between like that that exact thing, like writing for your audience and writing for yourself and your art. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes it comes very naturally. Yeah. Like this, it came very naturally. That feels very natural. Other times I'm writing and I'll catch myself getting too much into the like. Oh well, it won't be as you know playable this way. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I have to be really careful not to like get too tied down with that stuff because it yeah. really will like poison your brain. But when it works, it works, and it's so cool when you can find like your perfect happy medium of like, okay, we've done it. Like, <laughs> I think it's an earworm, and I didn't betray myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where's the perfect place to be listening? to be for listening to the single for the first time? Mm, I have an answer for this. Oh, yes. Okay. Okay. Definitely. Definitely. Um, it's, it's like a two, either, either you're walking out of the bar and you're walking home if it's safe for you, but if you're not doing that, then you're definitely in the back of an Uber with the window down and like, what? Cut <laughs> out, you know, looking at everything around you. That's yeah. the best place. Any, whatever, however your mode of transportation is when you're leaving the place, but in the spirit of the song, when you're actually taking those first steps out into the night by yourself, I would say is the best place. Number one way to hear it for the first time. Cause that's what it was. That's what I wrote it for, you know, and um, the spirit of it. I wanted a song that I, you know, would think was fun to listen to when I was doing that. You know, yeah. like what song would I want to hear if I was breaking out on my own after leaving the bar? And I think that that would be a really cool way for people to hear it for the first time. Nice. I'm trying to think how I can adapt it to my own situation. Bar, party, Christmas party, family dinner. Family that's dinner. The thing. You know, it, it can apply to anything, you know, uh, and that's where that my little like my arbitrary, my um, my vague yeah. songwriting comes in and why yeah. I do still like to have some of that because even though this song is you know more specific like you can apply it to anything you know yeah. and I'm like yeah I don't want to I don't want to um I don't want to alienate people who can't go to the bar because it's not just about being in the bar in fact it's yeah. not about the bar at all so yeah um high school assembly class yes oh wow yeah, because it's okay. not only just about the anxiety and stuff or like people talking about you but like when people are just like pushing your buttons like and that happens everywhere, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Is there a music video to it? Not yet. Um, mm -hmm. I was having a conversation with a director uh, like last week about maybe doing one. There's a concept. I know okay. exactly what it would be. I know exactly how it would look. I know what I would wear. Yeah. <laughs> I know how we would shoot it. 
That's um, but it's not a student in your mind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So not yet. My thing with music videos is I am interested in seeing what will happen if I put out a couple of songs first and then kind of like judging the reaction. And then also that all, you know, under the bed, forget about that, kind of letting myself get more of a body of work out there so I can decide how I want to approach things in what order, very film brain. Yeah. Um, you know, I kind of, at first I wanted to tackle it. Like I feel like most people are tackling it, which is song video. You can't have the release without the video. The world of TikTok and the advice that I've gotten has really freed me of those shackles because they're like, listen, my guy, you don't have to have a music video right off the bat. You don't have to have the highest production off the bat. You just got to have something that makes people feel something. That's all that matters. I was like, oh my God, you're so right. Duh. So like, um, I'm skipping to the honorable mention, but my honorable mention was my friend, Nikki Rodriguez, who goes by Nikki directs because she was the one who, um, she shot the photos for Drifter. But she also came over to help me do these ones. And I said to her, look, we're going real lo-fi. We're doing DIY. We're shooting it on iPhone. It's going to take like no time at all. Um, Cause I just, I, I, I want the vibe. I want, I know what I want and it doesn't have to be complicated. And she said, cool. And she was so down to run with that. Yeah. Um, and she got these really cool images and she helped me get some really like simple, but I think effective um, pieces for my storytelling. Um, so that was informative to me. Cause I'm like, you know, I think it's going to be fun to keep it on that low scale for a while. And then when I'm ready and when I have the to bump it up and start doing those bigger videos, like I'll feel really ready to jump yeah. into that world because I'll have known the little visual pieces that I've built along the way. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think, and it, I think it'll be a cool way to kind of like bring attention back to the songs as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Kind of people, especially Drifter is one like, I'm you know it would be wonderful if I could get a video for that for this summer, mm. but if not, then next summer. You know, I'm I'm not placing any of those really yeah. intense like rules on myself because a yeah. it just doesn't make sense. B no one is checking for me like that. You know, C no one's out here telling me what to do. So I'm yeah. like, I'm just gonna like do what I want. Um. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. So no music video yet. Want. Any more honorable mentions you want to make? I'll shout out my producer, Ryan Ansel. He's awesome. Um, he mixed and mastered it. Nice. I would be nowhere without him because that's stuff I can't really do. Yeah. Not yet. <laughs> um, he's, he's very, very talented and he's just a sweet, nice guy. Yeah. Um, and he knows I love him. I call him, we call it wizard hours. And so anytime I send him a song, I'm like, all right, my guy, it's your time to shine. Wizard hours are here. He's like, yeah. He like sends the emoji, but he's grand. Um, and he's always been very supportive of my music and very excited to work with me and um, enthusiastic. And I, I just really appreciate that. It's nice to, um, you know, send to your, your work to somebody who actually wants to like get their hands in it and yeah. really work with it and who's excited to be a part of it. So yeah, him and Nikki Rodriguez, my director slash photographer pal. And I'm trying to think like, did I? Did I like send it to anybody else and get any advice? No, I don't think so. Drifter, I got some advice, but this one I kept under lock and key, I think. Mm -hmm. So if I'm forgetting anybody, I'm sorry. But those are my big two thanks for for this song. Yeah, I think they will love it. And anybody, it's this this Oscar speech thing, like just, but I think it's this when you're up on stage or like when you get asked like any honorable mentions, the ones that get into your mind are the ones that are meant to be. It's like, yeah, you don't have to mention your grandma, like, she's, <laughs> she's fine with it. 
<laughs> she's still gonna love you <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay um thank you so much that was so much fun thank you so much for having me I had a blast this is great yeah me too <laughs> my first ever official very real interview as an artist I'm so grateful wow really yeah yeah oh my god now I feel honored now I think like maybe should I pair more I don't know <laughs> <laughs> no this is perfect this is literally everything that I could have asked for this is awesome and this is my conversation with Olivia de Tomo well you know it's part one part two is coming out next Wednesday um and that one we're going to talk a bit more because you know there had been a year apart we talked a lot about we talked we touched on again about push and how the release actually went we also talk a bit more in depth about drifter my favorite song by olivia and what we mostly talk about is in part two the part that's just coming out next wednesday we talk about the music industry the indie scene that kind of took it off we started talking about indie music and what actually is indie music <laughs> And then it took off. We st we had a conversation about one hour talking about the music industry um, nowadays. And although, you know, that conversation is already five months old, it's still present. And, well, <laughs> the only part which is not present anymore are the, um, are the Maddie Healy. the Medi Healy videos on our For You page probably because that they disappeared on mine. Maybe they're still on other videos. I don't know. But that's the only part which is not present anymore. <laughs> that was such a spoiler alert. Anyway, um, <laughs> I really love our conversation about music industry. We don't only talk about the 1975. We talk a lot about the music industry. We talk about the record labels nowadays and we talk about how how it is to be an indie musician, how to be an independent musician in today's music industry and, you know, as always, as a indie writer and publisher, I uh, touch on and compare it a bit to the publishing industry as well. So, yeah, I hope you have a great time listening. Sorry, I just realized this is just the ending. Anyway, you should tune in next Wednesday to listen to that conversation and I hope you had a wonderful time with part one. And see you next Wednesday. your podcast host. Before we dive into this episode, I want to introduce you to my heartfelt and transformative novel, It Was Hair. 
dive into the captivating story of Harrison Selig, a 41-year-old divorced man navigating the complexities of love, loss and self-discovery. In this beautifully crafted tale, Harrison's journey of rebuilding his life after a devastating divorce unfolds with raw emotion and unexpected twists. Join him as he grapples with his past, embraces the present and embarks on a path to rediscover true love. But that's not all. Immerse yourself further in the world of the Wazir with our exclusive merchandise. We have a range of stunning postcards, posters and stickers inspired by the novel, allowing you to carry a piece of this extraordinary story wherever you go. Side note here, there is an offer box available and there you get everything. There you get a signed hardback copy and all of the merch. So yeah, listeners, get ready to be captivated by Iwasir and its compelling exploration of love, forgiveness and the beauty of second chances. Don't miss out on this remarkable journey that will leave you feeling inspired and touched. To get your hands on the book or the author books and of course our fabulous merchandise, visit the website at thecrylounge.com or it's also linked in the bio. Discover a story that will stay with you long after you've turned the final page. I promise. Get your copy of It Was Here today. <laughs>